Hello, and thank you for tuning into the Stuff I Heard podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Peak, and I've watched a lot of stuff this week. I ended up with a couple of days off, partially because it was a slow time of the year for us at work, but partially because I had an eye appointment yesterday. Many of you know I had an eye injury uh, about a year ago, um, over a year ago, sort of tragic. Uh, I was doing some family projects around the house, the honeydew list, and uh, got to the final thing I was going to do, which was hang a picture on the wall. And you know, most pictures have the, you know, if you got a big picture, it's got a big frame on it and it's got little eyelets on either side. And somehow, as a guy, you're expected to hang that and have it level and be inside of studs and not fall down and all that fun stuff. And over the years of hanging things, I've learned a little trick that if you take some, some wire, I just happened to have some bailing wire that was left over from my grandfather um, that I ended up with. Uh, I take that bailing wire and I stretch it out and I loop it through the little eyelets and I twist it off so that it's tight. And then I find me some studs in the wall and I find it where it's level where I want it to be. And I put some screws in the, in the studs and that way the picture hangs with no problem and it's level. And if I need to adjust it, the wire is rigid enough that I can kind of bend it a little bit so that it, it sits where it's supposed to be without having to be perfectly centered. Um, I was hanging a picture, had that all leveled up and cut the wire and did not expect for it to coil back as much as it did. And when it coiled back, it went into my eyeball. And after dancing around for a while, I had to pull it out and it was pretty awful. The whole event. Um, I got asked this week, was it painful? I said, yeah. I said, imagine the worst pain you've ever had in your life. Now imagine it being in your face, <laughs> like next to your brain. Uh, you know, your eye sockets right there next to your brain. Pretty awful. And it got me thinking about this. I, I was scrolling around on the internet, um, just looking for stuff that's going on in the news. And of course, there's all kinds of tragedy going on in the news. But a story came across about Bob Saget. Uh, Bob Saget passed away recently. And the first reports that came out said Bob Saget had passed away in, in, in a hotel room in Orlando um, or wherever somewhere in Florida, um, and that he was on tour. Um, he'd gone to his hotel room or whatever, and they found him, and he died of, um, it said it said not of drug overdose or alcohol. Like, he'd been clean and sober, apparently, for a while. And uh, I don't know if that's 100% true. Actually, I'm saying that, and I don't even know if that's 100%. Anyway, they found no drugs or alcohol that was cause of death. And I thought, well, that's a weird thing to say. And I guess it's because maybe he fought with drugs and alcohol addiction back in the day. But <clears throat> I had just known Bob from being on Full House as a family dad. And then later on, he was on Californication as this rude, wild guy who was having sex with everybody on the show. Um, that's just his character on the show. And then as a comedian, I mean, his, com his comedy is a bit more raunchy and a bit more... Um, not what you expect from America's family dad. Um, pretty rude, pretty wild, pretty just, he'll say whatever just to get a shock out of you. Um, but a smart comedian. And <clears throat> apparently there was some report online of him saying that he knew of some stuff that went on having to do, <clears throat> having to deal with uh, Jeffrey Epstein. And, you know, with this whole pedophilia thing that's going on in the news with that, um, by the way, Epstein didn't kill himself. And, uh, you know, his uh, longtime friend went to jail recently uh, after her testimony of what happened. 
Meanwhile, we haven't heard anything about anybody going to jail over it uh, other than him and her. And he suicided himself, uh, Clinton style, uh, in prison. And meanwhile, she's in jail, but like, there's no information about who else was involved or who else is going to be outed in this investigation. Although lots of top executives have dropped out of their companies, um, big media people have dropped out of their companies recently in the news and Saget was on some kind of podcast or something with somebody saying that he was going to talk about what he knew. And then this happens. So <clears throat> all of the official reports came to make you believe that maybe he just died of natural causes in his sleep. And now there's information that uh, it looks like he was either beaten with a bat because of the damage to his eye socket and his skull or he fell from 20 or 30 feet up and then somehow was placed in his bed um, in his room. And from all the reports that I've read that are online, I mean, you can find these online. They're everywhere. Um, it looks like he was beaten to death or pushed off a balcony, fell to his death, and then they casually brought him up and put him in his room and closed the door for the maid to find him. I mean, what's going on here? I mean, seriously, what is, what's happening? Um, as I was talking to this guy about this injury to, to, my, to my eye and, and thinking about my eye socket, I read this, this whole thing right after that, and I thought, holy crap, is this real? What's going on? Um, so years ago, I told my kids something about the, they had captured um, Saddam Hussein and they were going to hang him on public television. And they did. And I watched it. Mainly because I was in the service when we were supposedly going after this guy. And you learn later on that he was, while he was a bad guy, he sort of kept a lot of bad guys at bay. And he was sort of a puppet for whatever the CIA wanted him to do. Um, we needed him to be the bad guy. And he was the bad guy we can control in sort of a way. And... They killed him on a public display and Hillary Clinton had the famous line, we saw, we conquered, we killed him or whatever. I don't even know if that's the same story. Anyway, <clears throat> I told my kids because they wanted to see it. They were like, oh, he's the bad guy. Can we get him? Can we see him get hanged? And I was like, no, no, you can't because you can't unsee some things. And that's it. That's, that's with life in general. You can't unsee some things. <clears throat> Whether it's having to do with violence or sex you're imprinted when you're young to think that things are normal. And the weird reality is, is that we hold sex to be taboo, but we don't hold death to be taboo. In a lot of our television and movies, we allow there to be gruesome murders and talk of murder and talk of violence on a regular basis uh, to the point that we're all a little numb to it. I mean, we're all like, oh, he just got shot. Okay, that's, I see that so many times, I don't even care. But if we happen to see someone with a bare nipple, we're like, oh, my God, did you see her nipple on that thing? How can she be allowed to do that? Oh, my God. And suddenly everybody's outraged. Yet we're all born from a woman. Uh, and if, you know, if nature works out right, you're breastfed. And that's the whole point of breast, right? And yet we're offended when we talk about sex, even though we all have sex to have children. That's the procreation idea that you, you Man, woman, baby. Man, woman, baby. Man, woman, baby. And I think the whole debate of this 
you know, gender role issue is that for the large part, men and women are both confused. I mean, the whole idea of well, what are we doing? Are we, are we living our life like we're supposed to? Are we, are we stupid for not trying to be something else? Are we not with the hip crowd? If I was a teenager right now, I'd be so confused about what I'm supposed to do. Like, am I supposed to be open to the idea that I could have a romantic relationship with a guy? And if I were a woman, should I be like, well, I guess, I mean, I see it in all the movies. Maybe I should be having a, a, some kind of fling with a woman at some point. And I'm not saying that that's good or bad, but <clears throat> if the whole world is supposed to populate itself by having sex and having children, you would think at some point there's going to be some normalization of sex on TV. And yet there's not. Give me an example. Okay. I watched a few things this past week and it's, it's, it's interesting the spectrum of things that I feel comfortable talking about with an audience and the things I don't. Okay. Here's an example. Um, I watched Rick and Morty. It's an animated series, season five. In it is a lot of sex and violence and sort of poking fun at the absurdness of all of it. Um, I really like how well-written Rick and Morty is. It's very, it's very um, cerebral in the fact that it's, it pokes fun at how silly a lot of our stereotypes of life are, how absurd things are in our perceptions and it goes ahead in the science fiction realm and and just adopts the idea that there's multiverses and there's multiple there's multiple versions of us and the multiple versions of us do crazy dangerous horrible horrific things and sometimes beautiful things and sometimes those things are all connected and sometimes they're not but it, it really peels back a layer of how absurd is this that we all are hung up on certain things and not on others? And to me, it's the smartest show that's on television. Even though it's animated, there's no way you could do this not animated. And even though it's done as a cartoon, um, I, you know, it's got to be. It's got to be. It's the only way that it can make sense because it's so absurd and so crazy and yet so intelligent. Um. Hats off to the people at Rick and Morty. Uh, season five, the first 10 episodes are available on everywhere where you can see it. Uh, I think I watched it on, um, I think it was on HBO Max. Anyway, it was great. Great. First episode had me pissing myself laughing. It was so funny. Um, <clears throat> but then we go to Ali Wong. Ali Wong has a comedy special on Netflix right now called Don Wong. In her first couple of specials, she was pregnant. And everybody talked about, I listened to a lot of comedians podcasts. Everybody talked about how bold it was for her to come out and do a special as a pregnant woman. And yet she used it to her advantage. She talked about how absurd it is that she's a woman having a baby and yet she's a comedian. She's supposed to be sexy and beautiful. And she's like, I don't feel sexy and beautiful. I feel like there's a person growing inside of me and this horrible thing's going to happen. And it's all because I like this boy and I thought I wanted this and now I'm scared. And you know, it's all the things we think, but it, she, she finds the humor in all of it. And it's very well done. This one, she's not pregnant. And she talks about how she's sort of in this midlife crisis of, you know, suddenly she's the major breadwinner. When she met her husband, she was a struggling comedian and she was 20 pounds overweight and this and that. And she's like, and you know, let's face it, my husband bought low and now I'm, now I'm 
you know, I'm doing well. She's like, if anything ever happened between the two of us, I got to pay him alimony. And she's like, you know, I'm stuck with this guy. I didn't know that I would be signing up for all this. I thought I wanted kids. I talked him into having kids. Now, you know, she just, she says all the things that a lot of women want to say, and it all has to do with sex. And yet a lot of people feel uncomfortable about watching it because maybe it mirrors their own thoughts. Maybe it makes them feel uncomfortable because it's things that they wish they would have said or things they might say. And it, it sort of pushes the boundaries of what they think they're allowed to say. So then I go to, you know, I, listen, Ali Wong, great special. This is uh, probably my favorite one that she's done. Um, but then I go to this one on, uh, on Netflix. <clears throat> it's called um, The Woman in the House Across the Street from the Girl in the Window. The longest freaking title that you can ask for. Okay. Kristen Bell. And Kristen Bell Right away, you notice that she is mixing drugs and alcohol on a regular basis. She's obviously depressed about something, which you find out. This, listen, this is going to be full of spoilers. If you want to watch this show, just skip all this. So if you've watched it, here we go. Um, she's apparently lost her uh, husband and daughter in a car wreck that she's responsible for. And she feels super guilty. And so she's drinking and mixing drugs on a regular basis. Or no, she. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm mixing two shows. She lost her daughter due to an accident that was her husband's fault, in a way. But she blames herself. Anyway, mixing drugs and alcohol, she hallucinates. She thinks she sees a murder across the street, and she calls the police. And of course, it's a mistaken in, information, and, and there's a cover-up, and you don't know really what's going on. And during the whole show, I kept thinking, is this is this supposed to be like scary or is this supposed to be a parody? Cause I, this reminds me of a, a Alfred Hitchcock movie that I watched years ago called rear window. It's got Jimmy Stewart in it. Jimmy Stewart apparently was, um, I don't know. He's, uh, I've watched it so long ago. I don't remember the premise of it, but he was stuck in a wheelchair and he witnesses a murder outside of his window and he tries to call and the cops, he tries to stop the, the murder and then he tries to call the cops and they, they, they think he's crazy and they, don't, they go to investigate and there's nothing there. And then the, the killer finds out it's him that's called and the killer comes after him. And it's a, it's a very suspenseful idea. Um, that idea has, has spun off into tons of other movies. I, I, I can't even tell you the amount of movies that I've seen where this premise has been used over and over again. And again, we're talking about murder, okay? Now, <clears throat> this thing is super crazy. There's all kinds of twists at the end. It is, there's dialogue in this that makes me think that this was written as a parody of another show that just came out on Netflix. And I watched it too, because I was like, well, I got the whole day off. Um, my appointment went well early in the morning and I'm home by myself. So let's watch this stuff because the weather, the weather was bad yesterday. Um, the other one was called The Woman in the Window with Amy Adams. And this had a star studded cast. I mean, Anthony Mackie's in it and Greg Old, uh, Gary Oldman and just tons and tons of characters. Jen, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. Um, I mean, it's, it was just star packed. Okay. And in it, she's responsible for her husband and daughter's death. That's the one that was like that. Cause she apparently was looking for her phone while she was driving and ran off the road and her husband and daughter died. And now she's living in this house and she's got uh, Kurt Russell's kid, the, the big handsome fella from uh, winter soldier, uh, Captain America show. Um, he's there with her and 
And it's almost like that show came out and the people at Netflix or the people that are around Kristen Bell was like, listen, we've got an idea. It's sort of a parody of this show. We're going to write it like this. We just need you to do the part. Both shows are done around this, this murder concept and twists and turns at the end. And you don't know who's done it. And the, the Kristen Bell one with the really long title was funny. There's, there's elements of funny in it that I really enjoyed. There's elements in it that made me feel like a cautionary tale of if anybody were to watch it today, maybe, maybe it would make sense to them to go, oh, maybe I shouldn't mix my drugs and alcohol. Maybe I shouldn't. Every time the doctor says, don't do this, maybe this is what happens. Maybe I hallucinate. Maybe somebody actually gets murdered. But there's dialogue along the way that makes, you, that makes me think, this has got to be a parody. I mean... There's even this crazy line of a girl who her, her husband takes her, her daughter to a to a, um, some kind of interview with a guy who was a killer and a cannibal, and in the prison, like he gets a phone call and has to leave the room, so he leaves his daughter in there. And then, uh, if I hadn't have done that, he wouldn't have killed her and ate her. And I was like, what? What? What's going on? I mean, this has got to be a parody. It's got to be. Even at the end, you know, the, the killer ends up being a nine-year-old girl. Spoiler. Um, and the, the whole time, like, everybody keeps asking, how do you feel? I feel like I've been hit by a Mack truck driven by a nine-year-old. Oh, because of the girl. <laughs> and I'm like, what is happening? Like, she says this multiple times. And I just got to think it's a parody. It's got to be a parody. Maybe the fact that they haven't said it's a parody makes it a parody. I don't know. Um, but again, murder, 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 murder. Lots of murder. Lots of murder in both shows. Lots of people get killed. Crazy. Crazy. Okay. And then I watch a show on Netflix called Love and Leashes. I, logged, I, lo- I looked at the preview and I was like, what's going on? It's, uh, I don't know if it's Japanese or Chinese or Korean. It's, it's Asian of some sort. Um, uh, I don't exactly understand because they have subtitles. I'm just reading the subtitles for the and there's they actually say English words. I mean, they have it dubbed over, but I have cloaked caption on mainly because of my eye. Um, I I blame it on the eye. It's my hearing too. I mean, sometimes the music in the shows are a little too loud for you to understand what they're saying because they want to speak in a dramatic tone like this. And you're like, hey, I can't hear that over the dramatic music you're playing over it. What's the word? What's the name you just said? And so I've turned on captions on everything. But it's also been training for my eye because it does make me read it. I, I find that I read it more than I listen now. And when I read it, it's making that eye work, which is, I think, helpful. I don't know. I, I feel like it's good practice. But anyway, um, in the preview, it shows a guy who is at work and he's working with a girl whose their names are similar. And he gets mail at work. And he goes to the postman and the postman's like, I've already delivered it. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, oh no, it went to her. And he rushes through the office and he comes in there and she's opening up a box and in the box is a leash. And when, you know, like a collar and he sees it and he panics and he grabs it. And and she's like, what is this? And he's like, uh, it's for my dog. Yeah, I got a dog. Uh, and it becomes this whole introduction and conversation of BDSM, mainly, the dominant submissive roles in sex and how this guy's into it. And he sort of talks her into it and talks her into being his dominant. Um, 
to me, it's an interesting show because it does talk about sex in a way that is educational and also funny and good. I mean, it's done in a, in a, in a good way. Um, because if anybody's curious about it, it seems like a good introduction to hear some things that I'm learning because she's learning. So she actually looks up information on the internet and she finds out what the rules are and she goes, okay, that's not what this means. This is what it means. And I think it was written by somebody who's into the culture. And I thought, well, this is pretty intelligent. This is pretty well done. Why would I want to learn about how to kill somebody when this would be a lot more entertaining and useful in my life? I don't want to kill anybody. I mean, I know how to, obviously. We've watched enough television over the years to do that. I was in the Marine Corps. They taught me a few things there. But people are squishy. If I go out there with bailing wire, I'm pretty sure I could take out a lot of people. Okay? A little bit of bailing wire to the eyeball really incapacitates you <laughs> pretty quickly. <laughs> but, but I mean, okay, so here's a show about sex, basically. And it's not about sex. The dominant submissive role in this is not about sex. Not once do they have sex in the majority of the show. Okay, they do have sex towards the end. It's assumed. It's not shown. It's assumed. But this is more about a dominant submissive role in life and about how this guy likes to play. And how is all this murder and killing normalized and yet this dom-sub role play isn't? Like, it's not even talked about very often. Ali Wong jokes about a little bit of this in her comedy special um, about how she feels like a 50-year-old man and that she wants to have a, a fling with a young guy. And she's like, but I can't because I'm married to this guy. And listen, I love him. And, and it, it's a whole spin. And at the very end, there's a big, there's a big final ha-ha that's like, oh, it's great. It's great. She's great. She's, she's at the top of her game right now. But again, all of this violence and stuff is normalized, and yet sex is not. So I guess the whole point of my whole podcast today, and this is maybe what I titled it, is why is sex wrong and violence okay? That's sort of a question for everybody to think about. Why is sex wrong and violence okay? We all have more sex than we have violence in our life. I mean, some of us have more violence, but why is sex wrong? We all have sex, right? I mean, if you're, I guess some people aren't, um, which I guess then your violence would be higher because you're not having sex. But we're here, so somebody had sex with somebody. So why why do we feel so weird about talking about it or 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 just the mention of it makes everyone feel uneasy. Is it because it's been taboo? Is it the tabooness that lets us be okay or gives us more excitement or makes it feel more interesting? If it wasn't taboo, would we be bored? I don't know. These are good questions, though. I'm going to ask that of myself this week. I'm going to think about it. I mean... I've looked at my analytics and I got to say on the podcast, I really enjoy when it shows me that I have so many new listeners per week or, or unique listeners. It's pretty entertaining. Um, just, uh, just the just sheer numbers of, of the audience that I'm reaching and I'm thankful for that. And I, and I, I want to grow this. I want to do this more. 
I want to grow this more. I want to talk about things more. I want to delve into conversations that are interesting, not just give you guys reviews of stuff that I watch on television, but find out how, how it relates to life in general. Kind of like I did on this podcast, kind of like I've done on the last couple. I just, I know I try to consume a lot of things to talk about it so that you not, you guys kind of know what's interesting and what's not. Um, in, and in my way, it's sort of the fandom uh, expressing another branch of, hey, this is really cool. I'd like to talk about it. If you like to talk about it, let's talk about it. Um, but also, it's kind of to normalize conversations about whatever, whether it's aliens or conspiracy theories or sex or violence or rock and roll or, you know, whatever. Time, time travel, whatever. I think the idea is to normalize conversations enough so that you feel comfortable to talk to me about anything. And maybe we feel confident enough to talk to, talk to people around us about the things we're interested in. Because conversation starts everything, right? I got a buddy of mine that's going through some stuff right now. And I'm sure that he's probably at the point in his life where he's like, yeah, why am I hung up about talking about things that, that I want? Because he is having to reinvent himself. He is having to decide, what do I want in my life now? And I'm a little worried about him. Um, I mean, I'm excited for him because of the opportunities, because I think about my own life. And, <clears throat> you know, there is that question of, if I had to, how would I do things different? And I'm not in that position. I don't envy him in his position. Um, but it is an exciting time in his life. I mean, it, I guess that's my default is I have to look at the positive of things. I can't look at the negatives because there's no point. And I say that now because things are going well for me. If, I, if they weren't, I, I'm sure I'd feel different. But I don't know. I've just been wired in my, in my whole life to every time things go wrong to go, okay, what's the positive spin here? What can I learn from this? And, and throw some of it through prayer. Listen, I listened to uh, Burtcast this past week, and he's got Angela Johnson on. Um, Bert Kreischer's interviewing Angela Johnson. She's the one that has the nail salon joke that is so hilarious. It went viral. She, I'm sure you've heard about it. You got no boyfriend. That's why you have no boyfriend. You know, she's hilarious. And this is a great podcast because she talks about how when she was younger, she's from you know, Mexican and Indian descent, but she doesn't speak English. I mean, she doesn't speak Spanish. She's like, I've, I'm fourth generation American, even though I'm Mexican and, and but I'm not. And she's like, you know, I, I don't speak Spanish. Um, she's like, when I was younger, I thought I wanted to be a cholo. I was into drugs and alcohol pretty bad. And I was dating a guy when I was 14 who had a kid, you know, neck tattoos and all the thing and the, the car with the, 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 with the lift, you know, she's like, I wanted all that. And, and then she talks about her relationship with God and how she got involved with the church. And, you know, it's such an interesting turn of events of her life. And the podcast is very interesting. Um, I really recommend checking it out. It, there's a lot of interesting information in there about her, about him, about, about life. I mean, it's the kind of conversation that I want to have with people on a regular, what is your path? What path are you on? What would you like to do different? But I think there's a positive to take away from 
from all sorts of things that happen, even the bad stuff. I mean, this past week, I worked three days. What's the positive? I got to rest. I needed to rest. Um, I got to use Friday as a sick day because I had to go to the doctor for my eye. Wednesday, I got a lot of stuff done. A lot of things needed to be done. Got to change the oil in the wife's car. I got to try out my new jack. Harbor Freight had a deal on a on an aluminum jack that I've been wanting for a while. So I was able to change the oil in the wife's car. And listen, I like changing the oil in the car mainly because it saves us a bunch of money. Now, oil prices have gone up, obviously. Um, the last time I changed her oil, it was like $17 for a, for a five-quart jug. And now it's $30. So it's almost doubled in price. But if you go out to Jiffy Lube or one of these other quick lube places, you got to imagine they're charging you at least $75 to $80 just for the service because they got to they gotta turn the lights on, right? They got to make a living too. And if you do it yourself, it just saves you a lot of money. There's not much to it either, especially with YouTube videos, man. There's all kinds of stuff out there to help you change your oil. But you got to have some tools. You got to have some space. You got to have a little bit of know-how. It don't take a lot. Um, but yeah, change the wife's oil. I think it cost me... With everything, like $35 for air filter, oil filter, and oil. Maybe 40 bucks. Maybe 40 yeah. And all that need to be changed. I mean, now she's good to go. Synthetic, went to synthetic. People are like, oh, is synthetic worth it? I use regular. It's only $3 more to get synthetic if you buy it. If you go to the store, they're going to upcharge you another $20, $25. Oh, you guys, oh, synthetic? Oh, well, that's going to cost you. Yeah, okay. So anyway, I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you to everybody who listens. Thank you, everybody who subscribes. It does matter when you do that. Um, it comes across analytics, and it helps me share, and it helps to get to the front of the pages so people can find it. Uh, but if you haven't, please take a moment, rate, review, subscribe. If you want to comment, please do. Oh, excuse me. My coffee suddenly came up. Um, <laughs> ew, gross. I'm not, I'm not cleaning it up in post. That's real life, okay? Just, it, it happens, all right? I'm not perfect. Right now, the sun's coming up in my eyeballs. If you're watching this on YouTube, you're like, why is his face suddenly bright? Oh, the sun's coming into the window. Um, please take a moment, rate, review, subscribe. And if you enjoy this, share it with your friends. Uh, maybe you can help them. Maybe they can be part of the process. Maybe, maybe you want to be on the podcast and talk about things. Let me know. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Till next time, cue the cow.